What's going on, everybody? Welcome back for week 17 of Hit the Books podcast. We're excited to bring you episode 17 here and week 17 of the NFL season. Here tonight, we have myself, we have Huff, and we have a new partner that's joining us as a guest tonight. We have Ace. Ace, go ahead and introduce yourself, buddy. Uh, how's it going? Um, Alex, everybody knows me as Ace, though. Uh, bring some East Coast thoughts into the podcast. You know, get a lot of guys thinking out of the middle of the country, the Yinzers. So <laughs> maybe we can get some uh, Northeast ideas. I know Mackie's got some of that, but he's a New York guy, so they don't really know football that much. Yeah, they, they just they just live with four and twelve, four and thirteen seasons. I mean, even though the kid's a Cowboys fan, so um, yeah. I two weeks without Mackey, two weeks without Mackey on the podcast. Definitely had to bring in a special guest this week. Um, long time, long time hockey teammate of mine. Past four years at West Virginia. Uh, me and you have had our fair share of sweats and good wins on the on the books. So excited to get you on the podcast. See what we like this week. Hopefully, we can make some money. Definitely. Glad to glad to be here. Absolutely. Really excited, guys. All right, you guys ready to jump in? Let's jump into our first game. First game being on Sunday, 1 o'clock, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts. Got the Colts favorited at minus 6.5, money line at minus 290, and the over-under at 44.5. Las Vegas is 4-1 and one against the spread in its last five when playing on the road against Indianapolis. Indianapolis is 6-1 and one straight up in its last seven, and the total has gone over in five at Indianapolis's last six games when playing Las Vegas. I'll start us off in this one. Carson Wentz is going to be ruled out for this game. Uh, the Colts are looking to start Sam Ellinger, a quarterback, the young quarterback out of the University of Texas. A lot of injuries going both sides of the way or um, for both teams right now in this game. Uh, the Raiders are still got Darren Waller questionable right now. Will Compton's right out. He's out still. Uh, as far as for the Colts, they're going to be missing Ryan Kelly, their uh, veteran center, and Carson Wentz. So the, both teams missing some key positions. Obviously, the Colts are missing the, the biggest of the two with uh, their starting quarterback being out. That being said, the Colts have had things going really well for them the past couple weeks. Beating the Cardinals last week in Arizona. Ace beating your Patriots on their home field. That was a big win for them. Not necessarily the Patriots' best game of the season. They didn't look too good in that game. They're three and zero in their past three games, four and one in their past five. Only with a loss to Tampa Bay. I do think the Raiders cover this game. I don't know if they win. Uh, they definitely could win with Ellinger at quarterback. We saw what happened last night with the young quarterback under center for the New Orleans Saints, Ian Book. It's just really tough for these young quarterbacks to get things rolling. And I think that uh, Sam Ellinger could have kind of similar issues, even though he's a little older, more uh, tenured in the NFL. But I do like the Raiders plus six points here. Yeah, I, I I think uh I don't know. I think they 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 could definitely cover. Um I've seen a lot going on, you know, Carson Wentz being out. You got to think that uh the Colts are going to have a pretty conservative game plan. Somebody's going to hand the ball to the future MVP Jonathan Taylor. Um so you could see him have a big day. The only thing is you're going to see the Raiders, they're going to bounce back. They have a good kicker too. He's going to put points on the board. He can hit from deep. Um Renfro should have a big day. Um, I, I think six and a half is a lot with Ellinger, though. I can yeah, see the that's what I was covering. Thinking. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if the Colts win this game, but I do like – I just think giving six, six and a half points to a team with um, basically everyone there except their star tight end. I mean, I know that's a big out for them. They've been without him for a couple weeks now. So um, I think if Josh Jacobs in the offense, like you said, Renfro is able to get things rolling. Their defense plays a very simple game. I think Jonathan Taylor will have his fair share of yardage and maybe a touchdown or two on the day. So. 
Uh, it really just comes down to what Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs have to say about that. The Colts' defense has been nice this year. Uh, they've been letting up a decent amount of points in games, though. Uh, the past two weeks, or the past three weeks, they've been kind of better. But, I mean, they let up 31 to Tampa Bay. But, um, actually, as I say that, the past, let me see here, they have not let up more than set. They've let up less than 17 or less in four of their last five games. So, Is Darius uh, Leonard back? I, let me, he's not on my injury list right here. So He's a COVID guy. Yeah, he's definitely a game breaker at the on the defense for Colts. He's definitely the the top guy for their defense. So I'm trying to get an official um, load in the full injury report here, but I just think in this kind of situation, I know the game's in Indianapolis in a dome. I just think that there's too much going for what's riding on the Raiders' season right now. I know both of these teams are kind of pushing for to make a legit playoff run, but I mean, I don't think anyone has too much faith in the Raiders right now. They're just trying to get in. Um, they have anything a lot going happen. on. Though. Yeah, anything can happen once you're in. They've had a crazy season, losing their coach, uh, Henry Ruggs. Obviously, everyone knows what happened there. So I just think there's been a lot of ups and downs for the uh, Raiders this season. Uh, let's see here. The Colts are going to be, yeah, Darius Leonard's out for this game. Quentin Nelson's out for this game. Oof. Marlon Mack, just in name. Jonathan Taylor didn't look as productive last week without Nelson. Yeah, I was just going to say, once you pull that offensive line out of there, uh, like my dad was saying, I mean, a lot of people have been saying this all season. You can put any running back behind that offensive line. They're not going to be as good as Jonathan Taylor's doing right now. But that offensive line is literally the top, if not one of the top three in the NFL. So Maybe this is the game you see the resurgence of Naeem Hines finally, a little check down artist for Ellinger. Yeah, yeah a little back. receiving back, maybe get him out of the backfield a couple times, get a couple short throws, let Ellinger get you know his confidence in this game, get a feel for the game. He's on the big deal. Maybe they'll use him at some point, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you got to think that. But uh, as far as a pick, I do like the Raiders with the points. Colts uh, tough, over, tough over under 44 and a half. I do think in that kind of situation, it's just tough to say with an over under with a backup quarterback. So it kind of all depends on Ellinger. I, I like the Raiders to get right around 20 points. Uh, it just depends what the Colts offense wants to do. Uh, they're very banged up, but I definitely like the Raiders plus six and a half. Colts are a good look for a uh, teaser money line parlay. Yeah. Love it, boys. Love it. All right, let's jump into our next game. We got the New York Giants at the Chicago Bears. Bears coming into this game favorited at minus six, the money line at minus 275, and the over under pretty low at a 37.5. The Giants are 5 0 against the spread in their last five when playing on the road against Chicago, and 6 1 against the spread in their last seven against Chicago. Giants one and four in their last five, not playing well as of late. Uh, a lot of questionable injuries for the Bears this week. What do you guys got? Yeah, I'm seeing Tariq Cohen's going to be out of this game, and then a couple of just to name a couple of the notable questionable players. Jason Peters, the longtime veteran left tackle, uh, he's bouncing around a little bit at this point of his career. Still elite left tackle. Justin Fields, he's questionable, as well as Andy Dalton. So we don't really know who's going to be toting the rock for or uh, taking the snaps for the Chicago Bears this week at home. Uh, against the New York Giants, I don't think they should struggle too much. The Giants have had their fair share of injuries as well. Um, Danny Dimes still not going to be back this week. Uh, who started from was a quarterback Nick, last week? They got Nick Foles in Chicago, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he finished that game for Seattle. So he looks pretty good, too. He did. He led that game-winning drive, hit Jimmy Graham in the end zone. The, um, the weapons in Chicago aren't that bad. Darnell Mooney's a rising star, and you still have 
Uh, I was going to say, I've had him on my fan. I had him on my fantasy team earlier this year. It's just never knew who was going to be playing quarterback, Andy Dalton or Justin Fields. It was just kind of iffy. And then, like you said, the skill positions when they have Cohen and the two-headed uh, snake of uh, D. Montgomery. And yeah, like they definitely have some skill positions that definitely can you know do their fair share of offense and you know stack up points, but. Uh, it's just tough to say with a Bears team. It's with such a bad coach, in my opinion. Um, I really do think What's that – What's the total on that game? Go ahead. What was it? What was the total on that game? 37 and a half. It's going to be one of the lo- – the tied for the lowest over-under the NFL season so far. Yeah, that sounds about right. I can see that going on. Nick Foles isn't a bad quarterback. Dan- you said Danny Jay's out again? Yeah, he's still out with his neck injury. Uh... Sterling Shepard's out of this game. Um, Both of these defenses are pretty depleted too, though they don't they don't stop much. Jabril Peppers out for the Giants. Blake Martinez out for the Giants. Both of these teams are just missing a lot of players too. Uh, Nate Solder is going to be out for the Giants on the offensive these, line. So. These running backs are going to run wild on both teams. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, Kadarius Tony back yet? What's that? Kadarius Tony back yet? I let me see. Let me see. He might be. He's not on this injury report. That guy's a playmaker waiting to happen, but they just yeah. can't figure out how to get him the ball. Exactly. you got to be able to get it to him. And right now, with who's kind of taking the snaps for the Giants last week, it was Jake Fromm. And I'm a Georgia fan, and I just always say that their quarterbacks never work out in the NFL. So um, he was, what, Josh Allen's backup for last year, and now he finds himself in a starting role with the Giants. Uh, not much going around him with all these other injuries. He's not getting much help from his defense. So, uh I like the Bears a lot. I was going to say, in this situation, give me Nick Foles and the Bears minus six at home. Get a little Philly uh, special magic going down there, Chicago. That's what I'm thinking. I think the Bears, I I don't think it's an easy cover. I think they win this game by like 10, but it's maybe like a last second field goal. You could be winning this game by seven, and then they kick the field goal to ice this thing. It'd be nice to get some snow in that game, see DeMont running through the snow. Yeah, I agree. The tough over under. I'm with you. You say you think it's. You said you think the sink could go over. Uh, I think it could go over. I could see that. I could see Nick Foles. I could see the score being about. I could see at least three touchdowns from Chicago. They probably kick a couple of field goals, and you got to think the Giants get at least ten points. Like a twenty-eight to ten, hit the over by half yeah, point. Twenty-eight seventeen, maybe if they get a cheap touchdown late, defensive yeah. score point. Jakeem Grant being out is actually pretty bigger than most people think. He's a Pro Bowl. He's probably one of the most. I was going to say, yeah, they're missing him too. He's made some his fair share of plays this season. So um, just a tough, tough pick right now. You know, this stage of the NFL season, especially with how much COVID has caught up to things in the NFL, it's just really tough kind of making these picks, knowing how many guys are questionable going into each uh, week right now with um, the, whole, the, co- the whole COVID protocols put in place by the NFL. But um, I will take the Bears minus six. I do I do like that over the Giants. I like that too. Over under a little touch, I'd say over, but I'd roll with the Bears minus six if you're touching that game at all. The exactly, tough thing yeah. with this uh, Giants team in the past, they love to winning the meaningless games and ruin that draft pick. Mm-hmm. They love to pick like eighth. Yeah, they're like, we could be top three, but instead we'll go with the lineman that doesn't yeah, play. We'll... <laughs> late, late, late single-digit picks. Yeah, they love the the seven to nine, maybe even the tenth pick. They get the fourth win somehow. Uh, it's just yeah. Give me Chicago here minus six. Big Dick Nick, Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, good stuff. Alrighty, next 
game is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New York Jets. Big spread here at minus 13 and a half in the Bucks' favor, minus 670 on the money line, and over 45 and a half. The total's gone under in seven out of Tampa Bay's last eight games against the Jets. And that's all I got for this one. This is going to be an interesting game. Do you think the Bucs can cover a spread like that? You've, you've had a stat in the past couple of weeks that the Buccaneers have been covering a lot of big double-digit road spreads. Uh, this is another situation where I think they handle that. I think they, they win this game by more than 14 points. I do like the Bucs with the points. Um, last week, they kind of got things back on track after that ugly loss to New Orleans. So um, not much going for the Jets right now. I don't have too much faith right now in Zach Wilson, despite the big game last week. Uh, I'd be more surprised if the uh, the Jets kind of have that kind of same game back-to-back weeks coming off a win against the Jaguars. So, yeah, give me the Bucks minus 13 and a half here and let uh, Tampa Tom and the boys. The new look killer bees, the Ben, the ben or Ben, he's in Pittsburgh. Brady, ba- Brown, and fucking Bell. I can't talk. That's a 1 o'clock game, right? Uh, Brady, Brady covers at one o'clock every time. As long as he's not yeah. in the prime time, he'll 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 cover for you. He might hit that over forty-four and a half on his own. Mac Jones put up what forty plus on him. Yep. If we go those that Jets defense even more injured, less offensive weapons. I don't think Elijah Moore is playing right. I don't think no. Corey Davis is playing. I think the Jets are very banged up. They're just getting Wilson back is really the even big thing. Healthy, I don't know what they do. Zach Wilson against this pressure is going to be throwing it up. He's probably going to turn the ball over a few times. I think the the Bucks easily cover. See Antonio Brown have another big game. Yeah, yeah, I uh, absolutely yeah, agree. The, Bucks are covering the last three road games in five of the last six, six and two on double digit spreads this season. So I yeah, think they're that's the stat no I was problem. looking for. Yeah. Uh, as far as the Jets go, we were talking. They they're a pretty banged up team, just like everyone else in the NFL. Corey Davis on the injured reserve. Elijah Moore's out of this game, uh, and then you got the the young defense alignment, Quinn and Williams. He's going to be out. Makai Becton, the rookie, their second year. I could be wrong are they, uh, on the offensive line for them. So, Jamison Crowder, another one questionable. Not necessarily a great skill player, but he's more of a possession receiver that has had his fair share of touches over his NFL career. Yeah, in this kind of game, I'll take the, I'll take Tom minus 13 and a half all day. Yeah, I see Bruce Arians celebrating on the sidelines after this one. Easy blowout win. I wonder if Brady even plays a full, full 60 from Brady. I don't think so. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. This could be like, it could be like twenty-one to, or twenty-seven to three in like beginning of the third quarter. I think Brady gets a at least a hat trick this weekend through the air. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. All right, another big game here. We got the Falcons at the Buffalo Bills. Another big spread at, in the Bills' favorite at minus fourteen and a half. The money line at minus nine fifty, and the over under at forty-four and a half. This is an interesting one. Let's see. The Atlanta Falcons are 4-1 and one straight up in their last five against Buffalo. Buffalo is 11-3 and three straight up in its last 14 at home. And the total has gone over in six out of Buffalo's last eight games against Atlanta. Yeah, you guys see the Bills Mafia welcoming home Josh Allen last week after that Patriots win? No, what they do? Oh, uh, they were rocking nighttime freezing weather up there. They're going to be rocking yeah. again weekend i think the bills are rolling right now i think that's a easy win for them against a very bad defense not many playmakers on offense i know that the falcons they're still they're still in the hunt right still hanging yeah. around but i don't see them going up north and taking this one from josh allen even if they can get either 
Gabriel Davis or Cole Beasley back. Regardless of that, Isaiah McKenzie was balling last week. Um, Bills are firing all cylinders. I think they stay hot. Probably put up a big number again. Could see them yeah, cover. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of leaning that more that same direction as you. I like the Bills with the points. This is prime teaser opportunity for me to drop that just under the 14 and a half. Um, what really makes me like the Bills in this situation is I'm seeing 80% chance of snow on Saturday, and I'm seeing a 50% chance of snow on Sunday. So uh, we're looking at a Buffalo Bills snow game, and a team play, normally plays in a dome, the Atlanta Falcons. I always like the team with the home field and the, and the, and the elements. Yeah, that's always a big thing. They know how to play football when it matters. Uh, this Falcons team, how many of these guys have been up north before, played in the snow game, big, meaningful game? I think the Bills solidify their spot and probably lock up the division, essentially. Another yeah. win. It was a big win again for them against your Patriots last week. I'm not going to lie. Had their money line, the plus 100. Uh, it's just so hard to sweep a division rival, especially two teams that are so good in New England and Buffalo right now. So, um, I just think that... I think that... Uh... I think that that win by the Patriots up in Buffalo uh, punched them right in the mouth. That woke up a sleeping giant in the Buffalo Bills, though they were a heavy preseason favorite. Now they're reasserting themselves at the top of the uh, AFC standings. Yeah, I think I couldn't have said it better myself. So I definitely think the Bills can roll them in this game. I see them at least winning by 50, maybe 17 points. Uh, so I, I, I do like the 14.5, but it's looking like it's going to go back to 14. So. Might get some value waiting, and that that's a big point right there, sitting at the 14.5 to 14 mark. Yeah, you know the Bills aren't afraid to go for it, too. You see them go for it a lot on fourth down, so that helps yeah. a lot. The it could be fourth and seven, and they're like, fuck it, let's go for it. Yeah, they got they got a lot of weapons. Even without Gabriel Davis, I think he's one of the next great receivers in the league because Beasley and E-Man are probably on their way out soon. Uh, he's out with COVID last week. I don't know if he's vaccinated or not. I don't know if he's able to come back. This week, but he he was hot last few games. I think he had like four touchdowns in three games. You get him back. You have Diggs, Knox, uh, Sanders, and Beasley. Still, you can kick the tires on them. They're not bad. You got Singletary and Moss. I mean, they got a lot of options. Josh Allen himself, even look at him. He probably runs one in this weekend. Yeah, I agree. I think everything's firing for the Bills, like you said. So, um, especially against a team like Atlanta, like I said, with the elements that were that are expected to be hit in Buffalo this weekend. Um, one o'clock game in Buffalo. Bills Mafia is going to be rocking, like you said. So, I don't think Atlanta is going to be ready for it. I think Josh Allen's going to be able to exploit that Atlanta defense. So, as far as the over under, I don't. I refuse to touch an over under in snow games. I, t- I had the over in that fucking Patriots Bills game, the one that the Patriots won. The wind and game. The wind game, and I I got it probably that Tuesday at like forty one and a half. The live total going into kickoff, I think, was like fucking thirty. Yep. I was like, okay, that's I'm not getting this. Bill tipped his hat at that game script, though. You saw him wear the navy uh, face mask before the game. Yeah, they, dude, the Patriots looks. They just dominated that game, and like I even said, if you guys had a running back, um, well, after Damian Harris went down, I don't know. How, what's your opinion on Damian Harris? Damian Harris, Patriots fan. Definitely a stud running back. I'd say he's like in the fifteen to twenty range. I mean, he's not like a bell cow. He's too injury prone. Even when he has a big week, you see him always check out in the fourth quarter. Exactly. But he's a tough runner. That's probably why he's not a big guy, but he runs tough, bounces off tackles. But you yeah. have Stevenson coming back. It's a good tandem. They like to roll everybody. Even Brandon Bolden, the special team goat. Uh, everybody gets yeah. it going out there. Yeah, that's what I, I just feel like in that kind of game. I always I said in that game, if the Patriots have a running back that's like a top ten running back, that game was out of hand, and they over would have hit because the Patriots would have just scored thirty points themselves. 
In that game, I did have Damian Harris the first touchdown. He broke that 60-yarder. So I'm a little personal fan of Damian Harris for making me some bread this season. So, Yeah, the Alabama connection rings true. Yeah. Mac- Damian Harris. Let's get into this next one, a little ugly NFC East action. Always love that. So the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team. Philly's coming into this one a minus three-and-a-half point favorite. Minus 190 on the money line. This over-under sitting at 46. So uh, just a tough NFC least, is what they always say. So I do like the Eagles in this game. Um, as far as things going for the Eagles, they've just been very hit or miss. But lately, they've had their things rolling for them. Um, Washington looked terrible on Sunday Night Football against a very, very good Dallas team right now. Has everything going for them. Um I just it's tough to say if Taylor Heineke is going to play that bad again in a divisional game. It's a lot on home field, so especially against Philly. Philly's been nice on the road this year, though, so I do think they win this game. They throw this game at us in the prime time again. I know how they love giving us bad NFC East action. This will probably be the game on Fox. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> they love doing it. It is on Fox. I just looked at ESPN. It's on Fox. Yeah, I think two weeks in a row. We had the Cowboys blowout, and then the week before, we had Washington football team on a Monday night, maybe. Yeah. Philly's coming into this game on a three-game win streak, not beating three good teams, the Giants, Washington again, and at the Jets. So, um, before that, they lost to the Giants on the road. So, um, Eagles definitely hitting a, a shitty part of their schedule for you know playing a lot of inferior opponents, but they're not necessarily an elite team in this league, so... I don't feel confident in giving them the three and a half. I, I, I do think they win the game, but give me give me Taylor Heineke plus three and a half. I think, uh, I don't know, that's a tough line. I still think the Eagles are going to cover that. QB1 Jalen Hurts is proving himself, and that, that Redskins team, I know they have Antonio Gibson, but I think Fletcher Cox can eat that up. Gibson's been good, despite the struggles for their offense. Taylor Heineke can't find Terry McLaurin, so that's that that's a hurts. Yeah. Um, the Eagles though, they've been they've been playing good, you know. They have I like their coach. It's not a bad guy. I, I don't know if Sanders is a go, but they still have Boston Scott, Jordan Howard are capable. I heard I think Sanders is out for this game. Yeah. They Jordan Howard looked good in in the time he's played this year. Guy everybody seems to forget about him, but tough guy to tackle. He can pound the rock. Jalen Hurts runs it himself, we all know that. Um, Eagles looking to stay in the playoff race. They've been, they've been hot. I'm 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 gonna ride with them minus three and a half this week. Yeah, I don't I don't love this pick. It definitely won't be on my card. I'll I'll roll with Washington. I'll roll with the home team. I'm feeling the home team as well in this one. You know, Philadelphia five and one straight up in their last six. Uh, but I got Washington four seven and one against the spread as the underdog, and the Eagles are four one and one against the spread as the favorite. So a lot of good stuff in this game. Things are pointing towards the Eagles. I just in a divisional matchup, I prefer to give than take. But yeah, I think the I think the I think Miles Sanders being out of this game is a really big thing. Like you said, they do have Jordan Howard to bring in, and like you said, a lot of people did forget about him. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of forgot about him. So, but I definitely respect that name. When I hear that name, I know what he's done in this league and what he's capable of doing. So, the Eagles are still one of those teams with a decent offensive line. So it's like you can plug any running back in there, and they can have a 60 yard day with a touchdown. Yeah, they have uh, Boston Scott. That guy sneaks through the tackles all the time. He, I think he He's a nice little receiving back, yeah. And then uh, what's his name? Gainwell, the rookie. He's not a bad piece, too. 
they they have a they have a deep backfield there. There's a lot of options. Uh, Devontae Smith, stud receiver. He's probably finding the end zone this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if Washington has anybody in the secondary that can keep up with him and Goddard. Uh, if this turns into a boat race, I could see the Eagles t- taking that one easily. I like under 46 more than anything. You think Jalen Hurts gets contained? I don't think Jalen Hurts gets contained. I just think it's kind of more like a, a 20 to 23 game, something like that. Some 23-17, Philly wins. You know what I mean? Just kind of stays near the Romero plays slow, gives the yeah. ball to Gibson 25 times. Yeah. Keeps that clock churning, especially like you said, Jalen Hurts isn't scared to get out of the pocket and extend play. So uh, a lot of clock movement, I think, coming in this game. I think this over-under should be sitting. I'm surprised it's not sitting around 44, 43 and a half. I think that's a big three points, as you could see. That if, I, I think this under hits. So I do you like the under more than anything, but I'm not, not a huge fan of this game. The defensive uh, skirmish on the sidelines last week between Allen and Payne. Think yeah, that dude. Over, you think they bounce back from that? I, you got to think that, I mean, you know how guys are. He takes one swing and they're, you know, they're best friends again. So uh, I don't know necessarily what led up to him pointing at fucking Brandon or what's his name? Jonathan Allen's temple. So the, the Zeke Elliott run to put him up 21, nothing. They were getting, they were getting blown out that game, but I think their tempers were just high. They, they, they said after I saw the interview, they're like, yeah, you know how brothers are. So they'll be back. Yeah. But- Exactly, like I just said, guys are different. They can swing at each other, and it's just going to, you know what I mean? Shit goes on, life goes on. You're both getting paid millions of dollars to play football. Get your ass back out there. You know what I mean? You're wearing the same fucking jersey. You don't have a team name, so you're just playing for the football team. So, um, Did Chase Young, Chase Young play last time against the Eagles? Um, I don't think so. They played the Eagles, I think, four weeks ago. He's been out for a little bit now. Yeah, uh, let me get a – I'll get you a live update. No, I don't think he did. Two weeks ago against the against the Eagles now. Uh, missing that guy. Yeah, they are missing him big time, and um, I definitely won't be taking anything on this game. I can't recommend that enough. But if you like the Eagles with the points, I understand it. They've been they've been decent lately. Got to ride the streak before you miss it. This next one's going to be a big one. Yeah, next game here: the Kansas City Chiefs at the Cincinnati Bengals. Chiefs favored it at minus five and a half, money line at minus two thirty, and the over under at forty nine and a half. The Bengals are two and twelve straight up, two eleven and one against the spread in their past fourteen games in January. The Chiefs have lost five straight in Cincinnati. Kansas City is five and zero straight up and against the spread in their last five. And the total has gone under in nine out of Cincinnati's last eleven games against Kansas City. Chiefs spread easy. I was just going to say, I, I think the Chiefs are, have too much going for them right now. I think a lot of people are going to be taking the Bengals in this game. trying to. They're going to lower that money line. I wouldn't be surprised if this line ends up at, like, Chiefs around, like, four. I think there's going to be so much money on the Bengals in this game with how, how big of a game Burrow just had last week, the 525-yard performance at home uh, to route the Baltimore Ravens. They were a very banged-up Baltimore Ravens team. With the XFL quarterback Josh Johnson at court, under under center, so um, I I'm going to say it again. I haven't been too impressed with uh, the Bengals' defense all year, and I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to do exactly what he does best and exploit the defense. They're going to be getting Travis Kelsey back. You know they got Tyree Kill. They have all the weapons rolling for them. Uh, the Chiefs actually aren't that injured compared to all these other teams in the NFL. So. Um, I like Chiefs minus five and a half here a lot. Bengals sitting atop the North right now, right? Yep. 
Here's a hot take. I don't think the AFC North is very good at all. I think that the the Chiefs are going to come in. They've reestablished themselves as the top team. Some people are doubting him. I never doubted Patrick Mahomes. He's got to be obviously Brady, the GOAT, but Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league right now. And uh, he's been showing that the past few weeks that, that sorry, Bengals defense isn't going to be slowing down him to Tyree Kill. I think Kelsey comes back this week too, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be buzzing, ready to go. They're getting ready to, to finish off that one seed and uh, be sitting with a bye for the playoffs. Um, I see Mahomes rolling this week against that defense. Burrow might get his. Burrow might get his, but I think the Chiefs will will cover, essentially. Joe yeah. Mayer might have a big game too. I could see over the Chiefs in the over in this game for sure. Yeah, I definitely like the Chiefs with the points here. I was looking at that over-under as well, definitely leaning more towards the over because I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals defense, like we said now, is going to be have too much to say for Mahomes, Kelsey, and uh, Hill. Uh, the Chiefs are going to be without Tyron Matthew. It's looking like he's questionable coming into this game after taking that injury late in the game last week, uh, as well as Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So Clyde took a beating in that game despite the – Despite having a decent little day before he actually left, he was taking he was getting hit hard. He wasn't going down, but he was getting hit hard, and I think that's what led to his. Uh, I don't actually know what he hurt. I believe it was his ankle. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that. But that's a huge injury for a running back. Anything lower body. So I think the Chiefs are going to play more or err more on the side of caution here, and uh, Edwards Alaire is probably going to sit this one out, despite it being a big game. Um, I just think the fact that Kelsey's coming back, you know, Mahomes is going to find him in the end zone. So. I love I love the, the Chiefs. Uh, obviously, you want Ceh to get better soon. I'm a big fan, but a lot of naysayers I hear it all the time. Is he even the best running back there? I mean, Dam- who is it? Daryl Williams. I mean, Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams and uh, Derek Gore. They both have looked good in their limited action, so I'm not worried about it at all. Mahomes can sling the rock to Williams too, so you got him out of the backfield. He started spreading the ball a lot more too. And uh-huh. that, that Pringle. Yeah, Pringle, Hardman. They have a couple of tight ends. They they get the ball to as well, um, so he's he's a, he's not afraid to give it to their other targets when uh, Hill and Kelsey are actually getting covered, which is tough to do. That yeah. deep, I think that move with Chris Jones being moved back to the interior, that was probably the biggest move of the season for them. I mean that defense, people are saying it was terrible at the beginning. Of the year. I never thought it was that bad. I thought it was middle of the road always, and it can. It play. was always middle of the pack. It was never near the bottom. People were over exaggerating that defense so bad. With Spagnola too, he's he's a historic defensive coordinator. You know he's not going to let them stay at the bottom of the barrel all season long. They have some yeah. players too, who Chris Jones, Frank Clark, they have Legarius Sneed, uh, Willie. Frank G- Clark's a beast. He had a really nice game last week against the Steelers. I mean, the whole Chiefs team did. Uh, I mean, that came kind of with the Steelers playing probably the worst, their worst game of the season. So, um, this being said, I think, like you said. Um, People were coming into this season saying the AFC North is the best division in football. It's looking like, um, to me, it's one of the worst. So, um, That being said, I do like the Chiefs with the points here. I think the Bengals lose this game to closen things up going into Week 18 in the AFC North. It's going to be tough to say who makes the playoffs out of that, but I do think Cincinnati is going to win the division. Yeah, always, always ride with Patrick Mahomes, as I say. Seven-game win streak. There's an eight-game now. It might be eight now for beating the Steelers. Yeah, they've been they've been rolling. Mahomes, you can't. Your money's always good with Mahomes. I mean, even even when he's out of it, he's still in it. You know. Mm-hmm. Can't count that guy out. Couldn't agree more. I'm going Chiefs minus five and a half. I like that pick. Lock in Chiefs minus five. That'll be on my card for sure. I think that's an absolutely solid pick, boys. 
All right, next we have one of the or the biggest spread of the week here, the Jacksonville Jaguars at Aces New England Patriots. Got the Patriots favorited at minus 15 and a half, the money line at minus 1200 a lock, and the over under at 41 and a half. New England is 5 and 0 straight up in its last 5 games at home against Jacksonville, and the total has gone over in the last 5 New England Patriots home games. Ace, I'll let you start this one off with your boys. I mean, a tale as old as time. What is it, Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks? That record's insane. So I don't, I don't really know what they're going to do. I know Jawan Bentley and Matt Judon were just placed on the COVID list. But he's got J.C. Jackson. He needs to have a bounce-back game. I don't even know which receiver they're going to throw it to. Everybody's always hurt on that team. James Robinson's out now. Patriots defense needs to shore up against the run, but this is a big... Big bounce-back game for them, especially at home, too. Last home game of the regular season. Uh, they should be looking coming out to roll. Mac Jones be a little bit more secure with the ball after that turnover last week. Cost him big time. Uh, getting Ramondre back would be big. But I think Damian Harris, Ramondre will eat. Mac Jones solidifies his Offensive Rookie of the Year award with a big game here. 15 and a half is a lot of points, but that, really de- is. that defense is good enough to, to keep people at the goose egg sometimes. So. Yeah, like you said, 15 and a half is tough. This is another game I like to tease down a little bit. I feel like the Patriots. I do like the Patriots in this game. I think there's no way. I mean, obviously there's no way. I don't think Jacksonville can any, has any shot to win this thing, let alone um, cover this. If this was a 13-point spread, I'd say hammer the Patriots. 15 is such a weird number in the NFL. Yeah. I really could see them win this game kind of like 31-10. 31-10. Seven, you know what I mean. You can get those garbage time stats though, always though. Exactly. In a big spread, that's usually you know what I mean. You're watching till absolutely the last play. So, Patriots could be up by fourteen, and it could come down to an, a last second field goal, and it really depends how much time's left if they even have to kick it. Exactly. Bill always likes to run the clock out. The other thing is he isn't afraid to give up some points on deep field goals and pin for uh, field position. You know exactly. Roll the clock and suffocate the game. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'd be taking it, but I definitely would lean more towards Patriots minus fifteen and a half. I'd lean that for sure. Over under the tough call with the defense, I'd stay away from that. Yeah, especially with how shaky Jacksonville's been all season. I don't think. I don't think they'll put up a goose egg. I do think they'll score at least maybe three, seven, or ten. I don't think they score anywhere more than ten points. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots, when they had their big blowouts this year, seeing them do it to the Jets, they did it to the Chargers, they did it to the Browns. Some of these games where they're expected to come in and roll, they've they've answered the bell. I think Bill of the boys ready after a demoralizing loss last week uh, makes you uh, look yourself in the mirror and see if you're actually out of that team. I think the Patriots come out swinging this week. Shut everything yeah, down. I agree At home, that. get Gillette one more time. I think... Patriots is a smart pick this week. Let's see what happens. Next, we got the Miami Dolphins at the Tennessee Titans. Titans favorited at minus three and a half. The money line at minus 178 and the over-under at 41. The over is 15 and six in Miami's last 21 games played in week 17. Miami is on a seven-game winning streak here, six and one against the spread in those last seven. Tennessee is... Six and one straight up in its last seven games at home. What do you guys think is going to happen in this one? 
rather close spread for our week here. Um, in this kind of game, I I'm not I won't be betting against the Dolphins right now. I love I love that they're underdogs coming into this game. The Titans are a very banged up team right now, and I just think that the Dolphins plus three and a half. I'm surprised it's not two and a half or three. I do like the Dolphins plus the three points here. Like I said, they're not too banged up. They're going to be missing guys like Preston Williams, uh, a third string, third receiver, however you want to word it to him. Will Fuller is out for this game. He's been out and out for a couple weeks. Elijah Campbell, another one. but And Jason McCourty kind of just to round out the big names for the Dolphins that are going to be out. But I do like what two has been doing. I like the young running back, Miles Gaskin, Waddle, and Devontae Parker. I think all things are going for the Dolphins right now. I think going into Tennessee shouldn't be too much of a – a challenge for them right now, especially playing the way the Tennessee's playing, losing to the Steelers. I mean, I know the Steelers are a different team at home, terrible on the road, but uh, Tennessee gave up four turnovers in scoring position in that game, and that was the difference. They would have won that game uh, despite all the turnovers, even if they would have cut them in half to two. I don't like the Steelers' chances in that game. I was out there. I thought they were going to lose the whole time. Um, Titans are going to be without uh, Taylor Luan, David Long, uh, Buster Scrine, the nice little corner. Caleb Farley, the corner. Bud Dupree, Julio. Um, Derrick Henry still out. So not a lot going for the Titans right now. I love the Dolphins plus three and a half in this game. Yeah, I, I like the Dolphins money line here. Like I was saying earlier, um, you have to you have to bet with the streak. That way you don't miss the streak. I know they're getting their a, a real game. This is like a prove-it game kind of with a legitimate team in the Tennessee Titans. I know they're banged up, but still they've proven they can beat people with, at their at their worst. Flores is a great coach there. The additions of Philip Lindsay and Duke Johnson have revitalized that backfield a little bit. And the Titans secondary hasn't been good in years. I could see Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker uh, running wild and some screen slants taking them to the house. Three and a half, I think that's generous with a banged up uh, Titans team. I don't know how the Dolphins aren't favored. I know they're on the road, but they've been they've been hot lately. Um, I think they they take that one for sure and make a meaningful game against New England at home in Miami, week eighteen. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with the Dolphins here. I'm not even a big Tua guy, but they've been playing so. I'm not well. either. I usually don't have too much faith. I haven't had much faith in him throughout his whole NFL career, but first team in NFL history to have a seven game losing streak and a seven game winning streak in the same season. I think they make. I do think they make it eight wins. I'm going to give them the three and a half points just because I think that's a wrong spread. I do think the wrong team's favored in this game. But that being said, if the Dolphins win this game, it's only going to be maybe by a field goal or so. I think the Titans aren't going to struggle too much. Like you said, they, they've proven that they can beat teams. Uh, it's not like Miami, the Miami Dolphins are world beaters out here right now. They, they, they definitely have their concerns on their side of the ball with the defense. Um, last week, or looking good against the Saints, only giving up three points, but Winning each of their games on this seven-game winning streak by more than by seven or more points, I think the Dolphins have to be a this has this game should be a pick'em in my opinion. So, I think the fact that the Dolphins can lose this game by a field goal, my bet still hit. I love the Dolphins plus three and a half. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that as well. Um, you know, Mike Vrabel will have the boys ready though. I could see this game being under. That Dolphins defense is no joke, and Flores, the defensive mastermind, coming from the Belichick tree. Yeah, I like I like the Dolphins a lot here, really. Dolphins plus three and a half. I love it. Great stuff there, guys. I think I'm going to ride with that Dolphins plus three and a half. I think it's the way to go. Safe route. And a great pick. I think they win the game. I'm giving them the points, though. I like that. 
Smart play. All right, last one o'clock game. We have the Los Angeles Rams at the Baltimore Ravens. Got the Rams coming in this game favored at minus three and a half. The money line at minus one ninety four, and the over under at forty six and a half. The Ravens are thirteen and one straight up in their last fourteen non conference games. Ravens are seventeen five and one against the spread in the last twenty three games as the underdog. And the Ravens are eight and two straight up, seven and three against the spread in their last ten games at home. Lamar Jackson playing this week? I don't think he's back yet. I'm going to get you an official too? answer on that. Check on Huntley, too, while you're at it. I know Huntley. I know Huntley's probably out for this game. He, or, he was the one that had COVID, right? He might be back. Yeah. It depends if he's vaccinated. I mean, did you see the NFLPA pass that law today? They changed it from 10 to 5 for unvaccinated players? Yes, I did see that. That's important. So, Lamar Jackson's coming into this game questionable, the ankle injury. Uh, has a chance to practice Wednesday uh, per Ravens reporters. Uh, Harbaugh said he's looking forward to seeing uh, Jackson on the field on Wednesday. So we might know more going into this game, obviously going into Sunday, but we might hear more on Lamar Jackson's status tomorrow. The Ravens are a very banged-up team right now, missing guys like the the big fullback. Patrick Ricard is also questionable for this game. He's a huge part of that offense with how run-heavy they are. As far as the defensive side of the ball, they're still without their big playmaker on defense, Marlon Humphrey. And as far as the Ravens, I think, like you said, the big or came up to your boys, the Patriots. I think the biggest loss for the Ravens this year was Matthew Judon. Yeah, Matthew Judon. Uh, they definitely valued him differently. They have uh, Odafe Owe. He's a decent rookie that's kind of improved himself. But the big thing is, obviously, we want Lamar Jackson. I think in a must-win game, he's going to play. This week, but that's not even the biggest question mark. You've seen Tyler Huntley roll. You saw Josh Johnson play well last week. It's that defense without Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, Tavon Young, uh, who else? Deshaun Elliott. All those guys being out, they're playing guys that have never seen NFL snaps before on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the Rams have probably the second best receiver in the league right now with Cooper Cup. I don't know how they're going to contain him. You have a uh, revitalized Odell Beckham Jr., a plethora of the running backs. I think. Cam Akers might be active this week. They have Akers, Michelle. Yeah, and they've been looking. They've been talking about getting Akers back for a couple weeks now. That's um, a, that's a big order for a very understaffed Ravens defense. Yeah, I think. Um, and it's what's surprising me is it's looking like this is going to go to plus four on the uh, Ravens. Um, not too surprising. I feel like it should be a bigger spread for all the injuries for Baltimore. Um. I'm trying to get an official answer right now on uh, what's his name. Another Akers. another big uh, piece for the Ravens defense that people seem to forget about is Calais Campbell. That guy eats the run and he gets pressure uh, on the defensive line. He mm-hmm. kind of the captain that front seven. So if he's out, one guy that needs to step up that hasn't lived up to his uh, draft pick would be Patrick Queen. Great player, but he has yet to prove himself really in the NFL, I think. Yeah, he the, for after being taken very high pick coming out of LSU as a national champion, he was definitely picked and his over and his draft stock was very high after that nice season at LSU with Burrow and Jamar Chase and J- Justin Jefferson and the boys. Uh, great LSU team. A lot of those names that I just said are very having high success in the NFL. Um, when you're a linebacker and you're drafted by the Ravens, I feel like there's such a high standard for you to come in and have such great success with a team. 
you know, whenever you think of teams with good defenses in the NFL, like I always think of the Ravens, I always think of the Patriots and, you know what I mean, Steelers, despite the ugly season they're having this year, just yep. usually teams that are known for having an elite defense. And even on their worst day on any given Sunday, they can only give up 10 points and it's not going to surprise anyone. So, I, like you said, I think the Ravens are going to have a lot of trouble stopping Cooper Cup and Cam Akers is questionable for this game. Um I think that question mark can be leaning more towards he's going to play. It's just how much is he going to play coming back from the injury. Like you said, the plethora of running backs that the Rams have in their backfield and on their depth charts, Sony Michelle, Henderson, Akers, just give the ball to, you know what I mean? You could give them each a down on every given drive, and I wouldn't. I, I think you're doing the best thing that McVay has possible. So Stafford under center, uh, things are clicking for the Rams right now. I think Aaron Donald in the defense has a big game here. Uh, no matter who's a quarterback for the Ravens, I think I think the Rams' defense is really what comes out on top in this game. Uh, like you said, with the Ravens' defense being so depleted, I also think the Rams' offense is pretty has things clicking. But I do think the Rams' defense is going to be the determining factor in this game. If they come to play and can shut down a backup quarterback like they should be able to, um, I definitely like the Rams minus three and a half here. Lamar Jackson plays. I think this is a lock for a total over. Oh yeah! If this, if you can sneak this at forty six and a half, and Lamar ends up playing, love over forty six and a half. I think as soon as Lamar gets announced, it's going to dip up to like forty nine. Yeah, I can see that. the The Rams, the Rams could pop off this week and do it all on their own too. Mm-hmm. Could be thirty seven ten something like that. Yeah, it's all dependent on LJ. He's even if Huntley comes back, either one. I know he's like Dude, the. Huntley's Huntley like, has uh, looked so good coming in for Le Jackson. No one had expectations for Huntley. Now I think right now what he's doing is kind of making a career for himself. He's going to get a contract at the end of this year. I don't know uh, if he's he, a free agent this year or next year, but um, I definitely think that a, kid's going to get some money. Can you find a better scheme fit than Tyler Huntley as a backup quarterback, though? No. Yeah. There's, it's the same player, just a B-grade version of your starter. Right, they can run the same exact playbook. Kind of crazy how they brought. They have so many moving pieces. It's crazy to think the Ravens are even in the spot they're in. Look at their running back depth chart get killed off the bat. Look at their cornerback depth chart killed off the bat. Now mm-hmm. they have other. They even have question marks at receiver. I know they have Hollywood Brown, who's a very inconsistent receiver. They have Watkins, a longtime veteran, and now Bateman. But that's nothing great. I don't love that receiving core. No, Mark Andrews is the only steady piece of that offense. Besides Lamar Jackson, obviously. And when Dobbins is in, Dobbins has had his fair share of nice NFL games. He's just always injured. Hopefully he can come back next year. Yeah. Gus Edwards, too. Uh, If if it's going to sit like this, assuming that uh, the Ravens are going to be playing a backup quarterback, anyone but Lamar Jackson, I do like the Rams minus three and a half here. The Super Bowl favorites, I would like to hope they cover three and a half quite easily. Very good stuff. Let's go across the across the country to Los Angeles for the Denver Broncos at the Los Angeles Chargers. Got the Chargers favored at minus five and a half, the money line at minus two forty five, and the over under at forty five and a half. I don't got any good trends for this game. But what do you guys think? I have some personal demons with both of these teams right now. The Denver Broncos. I had them on my card last week to get a win on the road. It was a huge game right now for them against the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, and I think that the Broncos with Drew Locke under center are very, very different team. 
and the Chargers losing last week to the Texans outright. The te- oh, fuck, dude. I had a six-leg money line parlay to win $1,100, and the Chargers were the only one that fucking didn't hit, dude. I think the Chargers burned everybody last week. Dude, they lost so much. They, the casinos won so much money off the fucking Chargers losing. It was ridiculous. The thing is, they were on the road there in, te- in Houston. I mean, Austin Eckler is probably their best player on offense. Maybe not best player overall, but he's... Probably he's the most, most consistent player on offense. He's the most touches per week on that whole offense, I would say. If he can come back at home at SoFi, I think that the Chargers should be able to right the ship and lock in their playoff spot with a big win against the Broncos. I don't know if they cover five and a half, so that's a big number. Yeah, I honestly think it's a big number in a divisional game. I always My rule with divisional games, I like to give and take, but... The Broncos didn't show me too much faith last week uh, against the Raiders. I had so many chances to win that game. I do think if the Chargers are able to get Eckler back, I think that the five and a half is easy money for the Chargers at home. Don't be surprised if you see a lot of Denver Broncos fans in SoFi this weekend. This could be a very 60-40 split home game for the Chargers, as most of their games are, as they don't have much of a fan base. But I think with the young quarterback, Herbert, and after that game last week, I think it was a very eye-opening game. Uh, the head coach, Brandon Staley, after the game, taking the taking all the blame as your head coach should, um, saying, you know, he just he got outperformed, he got outcoached, simple things like that. I mean, when you're able to point your finger at yourself and say, I was the issue, I was, able, I was the reason this happened, you have nothing else but to fix those issues yourself and kind of hope that things come into next week rolling the right way. Um, I like the Chargers minus five and a half here. The over is something that I'm more looking at. Um, or the over-under is more something that I'm looking at. The 45-and-a-half, I think the Chargers can score like 30 points in this game, and I don't really like the Broncos' ability to put too many points on the board. That being said, I do like the Chargers, minus 5-and-a-half, and if you're an over-under guy, definitely lean towards this under. This is the first time we have to disagree with you. I think I, I could see the over-hitting here. I know that Denver offense isn't much with Drew Locke at the helm, but that run-funnel defense of the Chargers could be uh... – taking advantage of they have the duo of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I think Javante Williams will finally start cementing himself as one of the best running backs in this draft class. I hope it's sooner rather than later. I could see him doing it this week. I don't think the Broncos spoil the Chargers playoff hopes. But I think I think five and a half they should cover that. I like the over there. I think there's gonna be a lot of running yards. If you're a prop guy, this would be a good day to look at Javante Williams or Austin Eckler if he's active to get in the end zone. I could see both of them getting in. Yeah, I'm a big. I'm a big prop guy. I, lo- I like. I love my anytime touchdown scores all all the time. So, definitely something I'll be looking at is Eckler to get in the end zone here, coming back off an injury. Or, what he missed last game because of COVID or was it an injury? What was it? COVID, I believe. Yeah, you you got to believe that when they get down near the goal line, you got to think Herbert's looking for him. So, per usual, but um, we do agree on Chargers with the points here, right? For sure. Okay, you just like Absolutely. the other. I'm not. An over under, that's why I always say if you're an over unders guy, I'm, I'm personally not. I'll just kind of hammer the Chargers with the spread here if I'm making a pick on this game. Yeah, I usually avoid the totals, but uh, this point, would you say the total was this game 45 and a half? Yeah, I could see that going over. I mean, the Chargers are a big play offense waiting to happen. Is Mike Williams back? That's a big if. He's been very consistent for them this season. You know, Keenan Allen, guys like that. The I like Chargers. I like that. I like their depth at receiver too. They have Jalen Guyton, they have Mike Williams, they have Keenan Allen. They got they don't really have a tight end. They have they have Eckler. If Eckler's good and you have those receivers, I think Herbert can put some points on the board enough to cover the spread, enough to put up thirty plus. 
But like I said, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon might be running wild this week. Yeah, I'm still seeing that Bosa's questionable coming into this game with COVID last week. He was out, I think. And Mike Williams, same thing. He's on the COVID reserve list. Won't be eligible to play week 17 against the Broncos. Yeah, those are big names to monitor for sure. Another one, Chris Harris, the former Bronco. He's going to be out of this game as well with COVID. Yeah, a lot of teams are balancing their uh, rosters at this point, but I think the charge is crazy. You look at this injury injury report, whatever you want to call it, dude, it is insane. The fact that I have to swipe for three minutes to get the four teams down is pathetic. Yeah, that's crazy. Each team has at least 20 guys on the injury list. Yeah, that's why the the well-coached teams are the ones that come out on top. Exactly. This next one, I'm not too big a fan of. Yeah, next one, Houston Texans at the San Francisco 49ers. we got the 49ers favorited at minus 12.5, the money line at minus 650, and the over-under at 44.5. Houston is 2-4 and four against the spread in their last six games on the road, and San Francisco is 5-2 and two straight up and against the spread in their last seven. I love San Francisco here. Yeah, I do too. I, th- I don't think it's going to be as easy as, they th- as we all think. The Texans showing they have some fight. With the, uh, the the veteran Rex Burkhead absolutely carrying their offense last week in the second half. Just 30-yard run after 30-yard run. Um, he, wa- he wasn't able to get in the end zone, I believe, but, dude, he was doing some serious ball-toting for their offense. 49ers have got a couple questionables, just like everyone else. Jimmy G, questionable, but this could be a game where maybe we see some Trey Lance come into play. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, questionable. Hmm. Let's see here. D Ford, another big defensive lineman for them. Javon Kinlaw out of this game. The defensive line for San Francisco looks like it's taking a hit coming into this game. But San Francisco's been iffy at home. I just don't like the Texans' chance to put up that many points two weeks in a row. do think the 49ers win this game. It would not surprise me they win this game by 13 to 17 and kind of make us sweat this out. But I do like the 49ers with the points. Yeah, this this point spread might be a sweat, but... I don't, I don't see it that way. I think the 49ers are locking up a playoff spot here in that NFC. Nobody really wants to get in. They've been hitting their stride the last few weeks. I know that Jimmy G had a tough game, was on Thursday night football. Um, I think he ends up playing this week. I know a lot of people are calling for Trey Lance, but this is Jimmy's team this year. He's going to lead them to the playoffs. Um, that defense, even without Kinlaw and Ford, they still have a Reek Armstead. They still have, uh, I think, a Bukum and definitely Nick Bosa, Fred mm-hmm. Um, all that running that these mediocre Texans backs were able to do last week should be stymied on the road. I don't see Davis Mills uh, matching the playmaker potential of Debo or Kittle. I think they, they find their way to get points on the board for San Francisco this week. Yeah, and I think the 49ers are more than due for a big statement win uh, at home on their home field against an inferior opponent like Houston. I think everything's pointing towards San Francisco to cover this game. Like I said, Houston winning last game against the Chargers. Uh, that was their Super Bowl this season, kind of maybe ruining the Chargers' season. Kind of That could keep them out of a playoff spot. So uh, if the Chargers somehow don't win this week against Broncos, I believe they're out of the playoffs. Yeah. I could be wrong on that, but it's not looking good. They would need like four teams to lose the last week, and you always know how that goes. You're, you, you have like a 10% chance. So never say never until you're completely out of it. But I, th- I do like what you were saying as far as the 49ers fighting for a playoff spot here. So. I think the 12.5 is a nice number for this game. I think it's right where it should be sitting at. 
I think this game's going to be seven to fourteen nothing before the Texans can even think about it. Yeah, much of the success the Texans have had has really been against teams that have a weak defense, which the 49ers don't have. Teams that uh, have a bad coaching staff. I think Kyle Shanahan's a good good coach. I like him over David Culley here at home. Especially the Texans traveling out west, the rookie Davis Mills against that Nick Bosa. He should have a big day against against that battle line. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Texans' defense is allowing right now 26.7 points per game and only scoring about 16.5 points a game. As far as the 49ers, they're, they're scoring at 25.1 points a game and 22.3 on defense. So um, they hit the, if they hit their averages, uh, it's looking like the 49ers are going to put up some points in this game. And um, I do like the Texans to score just under their average, maybe 10 points in this one. So uh, give me the 49ers with the points here. I'm really confident in that pick. Agreed. Good stuff. 4.30 game, we got the Arizona Cardinals at the Dallas Cowboys. Got the Cowboys favorited at minus 5, the money line at minus 2.30, and the over-under at 51.5. The Cowboys are 12-1 and against the spread in their last 13 conference games. Cowboys are also 1-10 against the spread in their last 11 games played in the month of January. And the Cardinals are 10-2 and straight up in their last 12 games played on Sunday. A Sunday. The absolute the Arizona Fraudinals coming into this game a five point underdog on a three game losing streak, um, losing last week to the Colts. I had the Colts. I loved, loved, loved the Colts in that game straight up. The week before that, losing to Detroit. I had I, I told everyone to Arizona with the points was free money in Detroit. I said the same thing. I think it could be fourteen nothing before Detroit even blinks. And when I was at the Steeler game, I checked the score. I was like, oh, my God, Detroit's going to win this game. And it was only the first half. I just knew the Cardinals are the kind of team when they get behind, they're not like Mahomes and the Chiefs where you're like, all right, we're down 10. We still have a chance here, even against like – I know they were playing the lines, but I think in this kind of game, if Dallas can get a lead, I don't like – I do not like the Cardinals' chances to come back and win this thing. Uh, if we're talking an underdog spread, plus five, minus five for the Cowboys um, – I'm leaning more towards the Cowboys minus five. They're on a four-game win streak versus the Cardinals' three-game losing streak. Um, obviously, everyone knows what they did to Washington on Sunday night, winning 56-14. to The week before that, 21-6. to The week before that, 27-20. to Then 27-17 to against the uh, Saints. I know the Cardinals are the best team out of anyone I just named, uh, but covering a five points, they're winning each of their games by a lot more than five points. So I think they keep things hot here. Um, I do like them. I don't know if I love the minus five. I think this is more of a Cowboys money line and a parlay kind of talk. Yeah, I'm actually on the other side. I'm actually on the uh, Cardinals this game. I'll take them with the points. Um, I could see them winning this game. That that Cardinals team is still still a good team. I know they've had some tough weeks, but this Dallas Cowboys team could be riding a high that might not be lasting so long. I know they just blew out the football team on Sunday night, but... Kyler Murray's still a good quarterback, but uh, you have, I think James Conner should be back this week, right? Pro Bowler James yes. Conner. Yeah, and thinking about things like that, I'm that over-under is sitting so high at 51.5, but um, these are two very explosive offenses. It really just comes down to if the Cardinals are able to get things going on this hot Dallas defense. Guys like Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, uh, Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, just to name some of the big ones for the Cowboys. I think if those guys get things going and they're able to get to Kyler, I do think they're going to struggle to get points on the board. Um, 
As far as the over-under, I'm not loving either way of it. That's such a high number for me to touch with these two te- kinds of teams. It always comes down to how these kinds of teams' defenses play. I, do, I don't think the Cardinals are going to struggle to score points. Um, I just end up thinking maybe Dallas wins this thing. Mm, like I, think, I honestly think they could win this game by like four. Uh, so I definitely think maybe if you're talking a point spread, I like the Cardinals. Like you said, I mean, I called them the Fraudinals. They've been looking bad lately. They're still 10-5 and five against an 11-4 Dallas team. So um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, not the, I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan. I actually love watching that team lose and choke in the playoffs every year. So I um, think uh, I think Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray get, back, get the boys back on track a little bit, though. I mean, the NFC West is a lot tougher than the NFC East. I know the Cowboys have been hot lately, but who have they beaten, really? Um, they're susceptible to bad games, too. I could see a letdown after that big week last week. Um, they kind of have solidified their spot. They clinched the division, I believe. They're probably looking at the three seed regardless. So I, I think I'm riding with Kyler in the points this week. James Conner, lock him in to get in the end zone. Yeah. Um, I think the Cowboys, the Cowboys, back to what you said, who have they beaten in the past couple of weeks? They've only beaten, like you said, some pretty inferior teams, crushing Washington on Sunday Night Football. They beat Washington a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, and the other ones, they beat the Giants at, at the Giants. The only scoring 21 points was the big if for me. That's kind of the game where I was a little iffy on Dallas there. Their defense showing that they can, you know, hold anyone, but the New York Giants with a backup quarterback in there. You can't really take too much out of that game. you got to take that result with a grain of salt. So, um, And then again, a couple weeks ago on December 2nd, they beat the Saints in New Orleans um, 21, or 27-17, allowing um, Simeon to get some offense going. Uh, yeah, definitely. It, this definitely isn't a game I'm excited to bet on. A game I'm more excited to watch this week would be these two teams to uh, – potential division winners, potential playoff matchup, honestly. Absolutely. Um, two good teams, like I said. I, I'm not going to bet on this game too heavy, but I'm going to say Cardinals with the points. Yeah, give me that. I, I thought, I'm, I'm, you're kind of talking me into the point spread here with the Cardinals. I think this is a closer game, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas comes out on top in this thing and the Cardinals cover this. Like you said, this is not going to be – I couldn't have said it better myself. This is the kind of game where you look at the spread – you see, or you look at the the slate for Sunday. You just see that Cardinals, that Cowboys, two very elite teams, like you said, two potential division winners. Um, the Cowboys already clinching the division. The Cardinals in a tight race with the Rams right now. Um, they were in the driver's seat when they were what were they? What was their record? Nine and they might have been. Were they ten and two at one point? They were ten and two. They're on a three game losing streak. They were ten and two at one point. They were in the absolute driver's seat to win that division, uh, especially when the Rams hit that cold streak throughout November, going zero and four. So. Rams are making this a tight race in the NFC West. Um, Mika Parsons is a real deal, though, uh, in yeah. Dallas. Yeah, he's definitely legit. Diggs, the 11 interceptions. Um, Defensive I'm not gonna... player of the year, Trayvon Diggs? No. 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 Not when you get beat in coverage no. at the other play. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, you can't, you can't get beat in coverage and then get an interception and just like run around like the other previous five plays didn't happen. You know what I mean? He may, be wrong. The most, uh, he may be the most acrobatic, finesse cornerback in the league, but I'm more interested in the coverage than you being able to pick up, pick off a tip or overthrown ball. Exactly. There, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. A lot of Cowboys fans, a lot of people right now are very high on Diggs, and for, obviously for good reason. The kid can ball out. I'm a big fan of his brother, Stephon. Big fan since uh, 
his days up in Minnesota. So I think the football, the elite football skill just runs in that family. So, Oh, yeah, great um, athlete for sure. I think he's more of a 10 to 15 cornerback, maybe 10 to 12. But you hear people saying he's top three right now. I don't, I don't see that. No way. I don't see that. Not in coverage. Rule cards. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on the Cardinal spread. I don't, I don't love – there's just no value in that 230 money line for the Cowboys. But like you said, I couldn't have said it better myself. This game, you look at the slate, you see Cardinals at Cowboys, you're like, oh, my God, i got to hammer this game. I'm going to be watching it. This is the kind of game, like you said, you just want to sit back and watch this and enjoy what's, what, you know, enjoy the show. This kind of game, I don't really want to be sweating over a bet on this, but if I were, I do like, I'm starting to lean more towards the Cardinals to get things back on track here in the Dome. Definitely teaser territory for sure, but we'll see. I love the Cardinals. You tease them up to like seven and a half, eight. Yeah, you get them with some of those heavy favorites. Might not be a bad thing to look at. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to have money on Dallas right now riding that hot streak, especially coming after a 56-14 win against a very inferior Washington team to them. Um, yeah, I like Cardinals with the points. I definitely like it more if you tease it up. Great stuff there. Next 4.30 game, we got the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. We got the Saints favorited at minus 6.5, the money line at minus 3.10, the over-under at 38.5, a rather low one as well this week. No trends from me this week. A lot of COVID for the Panthers, right? Um, also, the Saints dealing with a lot of COVID issues. Just 1-5 at home this season, 2-4 and four is the favorite. Yeah, not much going for the New Orleans Saints right now, despite having, in my opinion, still one of the most elite running backs in the NFL. Uh, he's capable of doing anything he wants on any given Sunday. I don't care who's a quarterback. Uh, it's a lot easier to predict a run whenever you got uh, Ian Book at quarterback. So, And it's kind of tough to put your team in a winning position when on, what was it, their first or second drive of the game, he just throws a dart to the, co- or to the Dolphins' cornerback. Boom, first touchdown. It's like... You knew that game was over as soon as he threw that pick six. Picking up right where he left off, Ian Book. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I, yeah, I don't I, think I didn't see your tweet, Ace. You were saying roll Saints. Don't tell me you had the Saints. Oh, that was, that was more of a fandom tweet, though. We needed that win over the Dolphins. I didn't think. I was going to say, I thought that was, a, that was a Patriots bias. You needed the Dolphins to come off this hot streak, but For I sure. was hoping you didn't pick the Saints in that game. No, Did you see me? no. <laughs> I tweeted. I had, I, tweeted. I, I, I had the Dolphins. I I lied the Dolphins. I didn't touch that game. I watched the first drive. I took the Dolphins minus nine and a half in that hit. So I was I was pretty happy about that. Nine and a half was the live spread. Yep, and they were they were up seven nothing. I was like, Ian oh, Book. Seven, it was seven. Nothing. I was like, okay. I don't think he's doing very much. It was seven nothing after a pick six. That kind of shows how the Saints' offense is looking. Um, yeah, I was like, I was like, I think uh, I didn't think the Saints were going to score very many points. I was more worried about the Dolphins getting in, but when the defense gets in, I was like, yeah, they'll be able to cover whatever they're showing me right. Now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I do. This is just a tough game. I, this is a crime. I will not be betting on this game. But give me the Saints to get things back on. Yeah, track I, I honestly might. I might throw Saints in my money line parlay this week. Um, that defense is great. They're at home, right? Yeah. Um, I, I could see, yeah, Kamara, AK, definitely one of the best running backs in the league. He's got to have a bounce back week, be a leader for them. Um, yeah, they're still in the hunt. They're not not a bad team. That defense will carry them much of the way, but Ingram and Kamara should be able to get it done. And then Carolina, I know they have Cam Newton, but he's more of a 
there for show. They, they just want people to show up to the games. I don't think I they was get. I going to say he's there. For, he's there for two reasons: jersey sales and asses in the seats. Yeah, I don't. I don't see him doing too much. I mean, he might get in this week. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I take the under, whatever number it's at. But I like the. I like the Saints money line here. I think they keep their playoff hopes alive because that's a scary team when you come into the playoffs. Say they sneak in that seven spot, you don't want to be seeing that Saints defense coming at you. I was going to say they have a lot of ballers on their side of the on the defensive side of the ball. I do like the Saints to win this thing. As far as minus six and a half, I'd really have to look at who's playing a quarterback. For sure, I think uh, tough one with the spread. Absolutely. All right. Next, we got the Detroit Lions at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks come in this game favored at minus seven. The money line at minus three twenty, and the over under at forty two and a half. Detroit is six and one straight up in its last seven games against Detroit. Detroit is six and one against the spread in its last seven. So, do you think Detroit's gonna cover with a little? Excuse me, Seattle's gonna win while Detroit covers the seven. Seven, seven points. Mm, the, the Lions do like keeping games close, but I think Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf revitalized that connection last week. The Seahawks aren't gonna be a bottom dweller of the the whole NFL standings. They'll win a couple more here. Um, I I think. The Seahawks put up with too many points for Jared Goff if he even plays. I don't think he is to cover. I, I see the Seahawks covering that seven. Yeah, coming from a you know how I am with my Seahawks, love my Russell Wilson every Sunday. So um, this is a unbiased pick. I just don't think the Lions have too much going for them, and go, it's a tough place to play. Um, I'll admit. I mean, it used to be the toughest place to play back in like 2013 when they were winning the Super Bowl and. Uh, even the season after when they lost the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's been one of the hardest places to play for the past 10 years. Um, right behind Arrowhead, and kind of Arrowhead took over over the past five with the Chiefs' success. I think an inferior team like Detroit going up to Seattle, I think they're going to have some struggles putting the ball in the end zone. Uh, that being yeah, said, I, think, I do uh, love Seattle minus seven. I think this could be a big Rashad Penny game. I'm actually really high on that guy. He's just battled with injuries his whole career. I yep. he had- Great game two weeks ago. I could see him having a big game. Russ goes for two plus. You could see Dan Campbell after the game. You know what he was saying. My team played great, but we couldn't get it done. We couldn't get it done. Same old Detroit Lions. They'll hold the L again. Yeah, it's never, it's never going to change. If they, I don't even think there's a chance they cover this. I mean, Russ, Russ, it looked like they were going to kill the Bears last week, and he just let Foles hang around. You can't let Foles hang around. We've seen it before. You know better than others. Yep, Nick, Nick Foles, Foles is capable game. of doing wins games, but, but yeah. I do th- I do think back to what you said about Russ and Metcalf. I think they get things back on track here after losing to the Bears on their home field in that snow game. That was one of the rare situations where the away team actually plays more in the snow way more than the home team. I wouldn't say way more. I think they're more of a rain team, but yeah, they're an element team for sure. Yeah, Russ is definitely used to throwing the ball in the rain, but. Uh, as far as the snow, it's a whole different element. I mean, you're you're a New Englander yourself, so you're used to seeing your team kind of this time of year play with a couple inches of snow on the ground or some flurries coming down. So uh, teams like Chicago, New England, the Buffalo, they're used to it. Pittsburgh, they're used to playing in the snow. Um, it really is. People always say, oh, put domes everywhere, put domes everywhere. A lot of these teams, they don't want domes. They like playing in those elements. They like, you know, the advantage that it brings. So... Uh, I do like Seattle minus seven here. Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Unlimited. Let him cook. Mr. Unlimited. 
Good stuff there. Let's move forward to the Sunday primetime game, the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. Got the Packers favorited at minus six and a half, the money line at minus 290, and the over-under at 47 and a half. All I got is that the over is 14 and six in Minnesota's last 20 conference games. Is Minnesota out yet? I don't know if they're officially out, but it's not looking good for them right now. Uh, is, this, is it one of the teams that are going to sneak in at seven and eight? Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Is Dalvin Cook out is a better question. Yeah, that's a big if. Let me see. Let me get you a little update on that one. Uh, My guy Justin Vikings, Jefferson will be rolling, though. Yeah, I've been hammering his touchdown scoring props. He's the next uh, best wide receiver in the league. Dalvin Cook out for this game. Yeah, always. If you're a good Packers running back, you can't play in big games. Yeah, I love. I, and that being said, Lambeau Field Sunday Night Football. This is Aaron Rodgers' territory. Back to back MVP seasons. Yep, you got to win. He has to win this game, and he will by seven or more. Does he lock up the uh, NFC with a win here? I th- did. They have the Packers and Buccaneers played each other this season? Yeah, they played this year. Who won? I believe the Bucs did. So if they tie, the Bucs win the tiebreaker. And we know that we think, we all think the Bucs are going to win this week. So I definitely think they don't have it locked up, but maybe from a statistical standpoint, from someone that gets paid to worry about shit like that, um, I don't know if they're out of it or if they have it locked up consist- or for sure yet, but. This game specifically, not a lot going for the Vikings other than a guy named Jay Jettas, Justin Jefferson. So, um, love the Packers here, minus six and a half. I was just going to say, I think the Packers can do it this week. You know, being 11 and four against the spread this season, six and one at home. Like you said, Huff, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers' territory. I think he's going to be able to take care of business, no problem. The Packers have not played the Bucks this year. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think they did. I thought the divisional winners played each other year after, but yeah, I like the Packers with the points here. Tough over under, but I love Packers minus six and a half. MVP Rogers keeps it rolling for sure. Absolutely. All righty, moving forward, let's jump into the Monday primetime game: the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. In this game, we got the Browns favored at minus three going into Pittsburgh. Money line at minus 168 and the over under at 41. The Steelers are 19 and 1 straight up in their last 20 home, excuse me, home Monday night games. Steelers are 17 and 1 straight up in their last 18 games at home against Cleveland. The Browns are 2 and 11 against the spread in their last 13 divisional games. And the Browns are 1 and 6 straight up, 2 and 5 against the spread in their last 7 Monday night games. I'll start us off here. I know why the spread is what it is. Steelers looked terrible last week playing a very good Kansas City Chiefs team. In this situation, the wrong team's favorite. I love the Steelers to win this game outright. Bias aside, uh, we know what happens whenever uh, divisional teams get together on Monday Night Football. It's always a close one. I think Steelers come out on top here. The biggest takeaway for me coming into this game is I'm thinking this is my boy Big Ben's last home game as a Pittsburgh Steeler and, and as an NFL quarterback. So 20-0-1, I believe that's how it was you said on Monday Night Football at home. Um, that place is going to be absolutely electric for Ben when he runs out of that tunnel. It just really comes down to how quick can they get the offense rolling. 
It's a big if showing what they've done over the past couple weeks. It's mainly been on the road they've struggled. Uh, even the Tennessee game at home, they've had some struggles. But I think if T.J. Watt can come into this game and have a big game, get a couple sacks or a sack or two early on, kind of get in Baker's head, you know, he's good for a pick or two. I can see Joe Hayden, the former Brown, having a big game. I love the Steelers here to win this thing outright. I think the wrong team is favored, but I totally understand why the Steelers are a three-point underdog. Yeah, you guys are going to hate my take on this, but I think uh, the progressive guy, whatever his uh, commercial deal is, Baker Mayfield bounces back and gets a big win this week. If you look at the AFC North standings, everybody's written the Browns off uh, as a preseason favorite for that division. But coming into this week, they're actually not in a bad spot. You have the Bengals going up against the Chiefs. We like Patrick Mahomes there. You have the depleted Ravens going up against the Rams. We like the Rams there. So Brown, the Browns kind of control their own destiny. They're not in a bad spot. If they can somehow figure out how to a way to win this game on the road at Heinz Field, I know that place is going to be rocking. Ben's going to be up. Tom's going to have him ready after getting their uh, asses handed to him. And the Chiefs, from the Chiefs, but I think, I think that Nick Chubb comes out, and it's going to be close. They could even cover the spread. The Steelers, but I think the Browns come out with this one. I totally I understand your take. There's not much going for if you're not. I mean, being a Steeler fan, I kind of see the ups and downs with this team all year long and throughout my whole life. But uh, this is a kind of game I can't let. I just don't think Ben Rossberger loses. Um, I mean, I just think last game, of the, he knows this is his last game in the NFL or last home game in the NFL. I just think this season shaping up for him to have like a nice little farewell tour these last two weeks. I don't know if I like our chances too much to get in the playoffs, but if we go 2-0, and anything's possible over these next two weeks. So in a must-win situation, I love Tomlin as an underdog. It's going to be a tough one for sure. Those those AFC North divisional games always will be. I love this on Monday night. Builds up for an even better storyline. But uh, I don't I don't see much coming from this this Steelers offense. I know Ben's one of the best game managers this still is, but what can he really bring? I think Najee Harris is going to get to see the ball a lot, but is he going to be able to get beyond that line? That that Browns defense hasn't been playing great lately, but they have playmakers. Miles Garrett did nothing last week. He's going to come out buzzing. He always does in Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, Nick Chubb's got to see over 25 carries for them to win this game, so an under is going to be huge here. I mean, the Browns and the under, but I see the Steelers to cover. Yeah, I was leaning. I love Steelers plus three, and I love the under 41. I think this is a kind of 17-13 ugly game. Steelers end up winning this game for my side of the things. I do think they win the game, but as always, I like taking the points to be a little safer. They're giving them points for a reason, so Vegas knows something I don't. For sure. Always do. Yeah, myself, I'm, I like the trends where they're pointing. I'm going to take the Steelers money line myself. They'll probably end up on my card. It's going to be a tight one, like you guys say. It's probably going to be like a normal Steelers game, you know, second quarter where all the action is going to be. Excuse me, second half is where all the action is going to be. Fourth quarter is where it's going to really come down to it. We'll have to wait and see what happens Monday prime time. Got to do it one last time for Ben. That offense can't fucking let him down this ch- this time, dude. If I don't care if we don't make the playoffs. You can't let him lose this game. Leave it. I'm with you. Alrighty, and now it's time for the podcast, the team card and stuff like that. We're going to skip the team card and stuff. Huff's going to explain that in a minute. But Ace, you want to give your individual card here? I'll, I'll, I'll save most of my picks for the weekend, but 
I have one pick that I definitely want to ride with. Been riding with him all year. Been riding with him for the past, like, three years, I must say. Patrick Mahomes against that sorry Bengals defense. He's going to show that the Bengals aren't the kings of the AFC North. I'm going to ride with Mahomes and Hill. Easy, minus five. Rule Chiefs, lock that in. Yeah, I can't agree more with that pick. That's definitely going to be on my card as well. I love the Chiefs minus five and a half. Been shitting on the Bengals all year. I think Mahomes has a big game here, uh, despite Burrow's recent success. But as far as all the other picks, that's not our only pick for the weekend. We got to, as you guys can hear, Mackie's not with us this week again. Back-to-back weeks without Mackie. So uh, we're going to definitely have a nice little conversation for you guys Friday or Saturday. We'll be releasing these picks. Probably releasing the picks Sunday, 10 a.m. I'll have the picks out. Um, so definitely stay tuned to the Instagram, hit the books.pod on Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, follow them all, uh, get the picks out there. Let's make some money this weekend. Week 17, you gotta be, you have to be prepared gambling this late in the NFL season. You really got to like your picks because Vegas knows these lines. They're setting these lines for a reason. I think we're going to have a very good weekend here. I think we had some very good football talk, but I don't want to lock myself in anything more than Chiefs minus five and a half right now due to all the COVID protocol things going on. I want to lock in that five and a half before it goes to six and a half or deeper. Definitely want to get that in. Hey, thanks for having me too, boys. No problem. Thanks for coming on. Like I said, you killed it this week. Definitely welcome back whenever the hell you want to come back. Definitely going to have to get you back on for a playoff episode, if not for the Super Bowl. For sure. Yeah, Ace, thanks for coming, buddy. Looking forward to having you again. We love the picks, and we can't wait to have you on the card this week. Let's roll, boys. Let's get it. Let's make some money. Let's go. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Stay tuned to the Instagram, like Huff said. Let's have a good week. Thank you, everybody. And that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Hit the Books Podcast. Be sure to check us out on our various social media platforms. Instagram at hitthebooks.pod. Twitter at hitthebooks underscore pod. Website at hitthebookspod.com for all the latest on Hit the Books. And be sure to always study hard. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.